Good morning, everybody. And I truly mean that because it's about 6.30 on a Monday morning. Uh, I'm Jeff Jones, and with me is... I'm Steve Foster. How you doing this morning? Sleep yet? I mean, Jeff? Uh, yeah, everybody, you know, full disclosure, uh, we set this call up yesterday to to do this morning. It's a good time for Steve to do it when he's driving into work. And um, Steve had to call me and wake me up because... Uh, <laughs> I forgot to set my alarm. So, uh, yeah, if uh, if you hear me yawning or uh, uh, pausing, uh, that's because my brain is still uh, engaging this morning. So I'm doing good, Steve. We got another episode here, the Steel Target Paint podcast. A lot of stuff happened this weekend. Um, Area seven finished up this weekend and uh, looked to be a really good match. Yeah, I think it's uh I think it was a good match. I heard from quite a few people this weekend, so that was uh that was cool. I know we'll skip to the results here in a second, but uh new members of the Steel Target Paint shooting team, Dave and Rachel Wildy did really well. They came away with some hardware. I think uh Dave shot high overall and stacked up a bunch of first place uh Pendant. So congratulations to both of them and welcome them to the team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Always great to, to have uh, not only people, you know, but uh, people of that caliber, not only in how well they shoot, but just who they are on the team. Uh, it's, it's great. So, yeah, so I'm looking here. Um, 300 and over 320 people started that match. That's awesome. That's now, unfortunately, match. there are a couple of DQs, uh, but 317 people finished that match. Um, that is very impressive uh, for an area match. I'm going to pull up here because. Didn't uh, didn't Ryan Wagner take uh, first place and I think open? Uh, no, I, in, in area seven, uh, I think open was won by Phil Strader. Well, was it then Brian, Brian won something. Let's see here. Uh, let's click on the right thing. Open overall. I take that back. You are right. Ryan Wagner won. Uh, 9709. Phil shot a 102. Phil. Phil won the area. Phil is the area champion because Ryan is not from area seven. Um, uh, and that's why, because the one thing that we I do in the background, um, once the matches are finished and this match, they actually um, asked for the person's state. Um many some matches do and some matches don't in this case they did so uh i was able to to determine who was in area seven and do some calculations on uh who actually uh potentially will earn slots for worlds next year so that's why i say that because uh phil is an area seven uh resident living in new hampshire uh, where Ryan is in Pennsylvania, but yes, Ryan won uh, one open. And here's a crazy thing about this match: they actually had in an area match. They had ten OSR shooters. Really? I don't know if I've ever seen that many. I mean, we barely get. I mean, we get about twenty at Worlds, but 
Uh, we got 10 there. And Ryan won that. Uh, Heck yeah, he did. Ryan's a great guy. Yeah, great shooter. 99.64 with an optical sight revolver. That's that's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah. I wonder if that's a personal best. Um, I Man, getting under 100 seconds with any gun, let alone a revolver, is amazing, at least for with a handgun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I was just going to look here uh, and just see because while I'm pretty sure Area 5 had more competitors, it was pretty darn close. Yeah, Area Five. Area Five had three hundred sixty-nine competitors. Yeah, uh, but this was a very close second at at three seventeen, finishing the match. Um, that is that is impressive. Kudos to uh, to the match director, range master, and all the staff uh, to get that many people coming out and shooting in matches uh, is pretty good. Very good, very good. So. But there's but there's there's more uh, more happenings this weekend. Uh, for those of you that are on Facebook, you may have seen. Uh, first of all, there's a new podcast uh, out there. Have you listened to the new podcast? You know the one I'm speaking of, Steve. I did. My good friend uh, Brad Jeffers and Jesse Misco have one out there. Is that the one you're talking about? That Precision is exactly defense. the one. Yeah. The Precision Delta podcast and defense, defense, defense. Pre- uh, you know, I do that every time. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm sorry, chat. Precision defense. There we go. Um, yeah, I listened to that. It was very interesting. Uh, listen to the, some of the theories and concepts that the guys are talking about and uh, and talking about the guns. Um, it was good. It's always good to have friends out there and listen to them. Another more content, uh, uh, you know, talking about our our uh, the game that we love. But uh, Jesse's shot. So uh, Jesse's in Wisconsin, so they have the the Colfax Wisconsin monthly monthly match, and. Uh, he shot for an eight-stage match in Rimfire Rifle. He shot a fifty-one sixty-four. That I, th- I think that's successful. a new. I think that's a new best in any match, let alone still shooting in the snow. Isn't it still snowing up there? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know it's funny. We we talked about uh, before what we were going to talk about today, and. Um, I don't know what snow is, but, uh, you know, weather is definitely something that you have to keep in into consideration. So, uh, you know, we might have to have Jesse on and, and talk about how, you know, I think in the month of October, you know, it finally starts snowing up there again. I'm not sure about uh, the month of August. Uh, I'm hoping for his sake, it's, it's not snowing, but, uh, uh. <laughs> I haven't seen snow no. for a couple of years now, so I don't even know what that that stuff looks like. So, and I'm not I'm not adverse to that. I'm very happy about that. Yeah, that's a. Do you have his scores up by chance? Because I do. That's a pretty. That's do. pretty stout. I bet you there was at least three stages in the fives, and then uh, <laughs> it'd be interested to hear. Why don't you kind of run through them real quick? Because that's an amazing accomplishment. Sure will. Well, I'm going to go by uh, the order uh, in which they have him listed here. And so for speed option, he shot a 679. That's that's crazy fast. Smoke and hope 
526. Accelerator, seven flat. Five to go, 653. Pendulum, 675. Roundabout, 508. And for his third stage in the fives, showdown, 558. And then they ended with an 865 for outer limits. That's that's cranking. And, you know, when I went, when I saw the post, I said, you know what? And I pulled up the match and practice score competitor. I was hoping that they were using, hopefully they were using the AMG lab or uh, commander timers, but a timer, you know, there's a couple of different versions out now that, uh, uh, or brands of timer that use Bluetooth capability and record the splits. And I was hoping that they were using those and they were. And so I was able, actually able to go in and look at his draw times yes he's shooting rfro i know there's no such thing as a draw it's first shot but i call every i call every first shot the draw and his splits but more importantly like how many makeups he might have had and in an entire match he only had six extra shots he took him to score that's crazy yeah that's good and if you think about now i was going to say for the average human, uh, you're probably looking minimally 0.3 seconds to to do a makeup shot. Now, this clearly, this score clearly this proves score. that you know Jesse is not of this world. He is a robot wearing a human skin. <laughs> um, <laughs> I kid, Jesse. Um, he's he's really close to that. I, I do believe he's 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 showing that there is that potential of breaking that 50 mark. Ooh, that's going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, at this level, you're looking at, you know, 1.64 seconds. Um, and his makeups, you know, based on the plate are going to be faster to 0.3. But it's uh, and again, it's 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 going to take a perfect storm. It's going to take, you know uh the everything lining up but uh the potential the potential is there now then again um i am not taking anything away from this at all i think this is an amazing accomplishment this was done in a real match um i don't know if we'll ever see uh a sub 40 at world or a sub 50 at worlds but i think the potential of having it at a local match happening um we're as close as we've ever gotten. And it's amazing. Whew, those last couple of seconds, though, that's a... Whew. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's that a, lot. a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Um, oh, and, you know, it's interesting lot. because he, he shot uh, he shot Rimfire Pistol with his precision defense shorty. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> and, <laughs> I can learn. Um and uh, he he uh, on many of the stages he was he had virtually the same time. 
Yeah, that's crazy. In fact, he, he shot actually a 58, right? Somewhere now. He shot a 58, 34. I mean, he was uh, smoking hope. He was 526 with a rifle, 536 with a pistol. That's yeah, that's pretty that's darn just, good. That's just blazing. Um, Jess, you're gonna have to work on speed option. I mean, 975. I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, Unacceptable. On. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, if I were you, I'd quit the game. I just quit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, sounds, um, like so, sounds, sounds like somebody needs a mortgage, a wife, and some kids. That's what it sounds <laughs> like to me, Jeff. <laughs> He has he has no distractions, Mr. Bond. They must give him uh, some distractions. <laughs> uh, oh, that's too funny. Well, you know, it wasn't this weekend, but uh, earlier in the week, um, there was another Facebook post that was really interesting. And uh, uh, it was from our friend Lance Bratcher, our friend Lance Bratcher Jr. Uh, with some... Uh, Tips on outer limits. Did you see that video? I I did. Two things. The first one is is Lance. For the love of God, get a timer with some batteries, would you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're we're all like, show the timer, show the timer, show the timer. <laughs> yeah, he needs a AMG lab timer in his life, Jeff. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe maybe we'll start a GoFundMe for him. Yeah, uh, we need a we need a collection. Get Lance a real timer. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know it's 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 funny because um, there's a lot of different theories uh, on a lot of the different stages on on where you should shoot and and how you should shoot it, and uh, I think. You know, smoke and hope is a good example. We're going to jump here for a second. There's 24 viable ways, in my opinion, that you can shoot smoke and hope because of the way it's laid out, because you have to go to plate one and you got to go to plate four. And the reason I I say that is um, specifically for like a low ready gun. It's a little different for a center fire, but only slightly. Um, but in a low ready position, you know, you're starting from the middle of the bay. Uh, if you take out the concept of having to move the gun up to a five foot position from low ready, you know, you've got to go to each plate. So outside of ping ponging across back and forth across the center line, if you want to shoot it three, four, four, three, two, one, one, two, and then switch the other side. In my opinion, they're all viable. Shoot your strengths. What do you think about that? First off? No, I, I, I think that there are plenty of options and different ways to shoot, you know, stages like uh smoke and hope and, you know, for outer limits specifically, I, I did chuckle when I, uh, saw junior's uh junior's uh, way of shooting i was like oh kurt grimes has been shooting it that way for years um <laughs> you know it's just uh in kurt has more of i think it's more of like a rifleman's type stance right but he's always come out of the box a lot of us come out with the uh with the right foot and kurt takes uh one step out 
um, one step less. So he steps out with his left foot. And, uh, you know, he's got a short, let's just say inseam, a.k.a. we both got short legs. Um, yes, I am. I'm hey. afflicted with the short man disease. So I, <laughs> I have that same problem. Yeah. So, uh, I remember the first time I, <laughs> I saw Kurt do that. I'm like, do that again, would you? Because it happened so fast. I'm like, huh. but, um, yeah, there was, uh, yeah, there was a lot of discussion about, uh, Junior's video and shooting it in the two fives is, is really, really quick. I think the other thing that to note from his video that was really fast, it was tough to, to tell with the, uh, the battery light flashing on the timer, but his transitional shots were exceptionally fast. If his one to two shot, I think if I recall correctly, it was like a point one uh, shot from plate one to plate two. If that is correct, most people can't pull the trigger that fast. Yeah. Let alone, let alone transition from one plate to the next. So there's a little bit of secret sauce and being able to transition the gun. And that's what we see with a lot of the younger shooters that they can uh, transition the gun and, you know, acquire the target, pull the trigger and keep the gun on target with splits like that. Talked about it for on this podcast numerous times with uh, Chris Barrett shooting transitions that fast and then Grant and then certainly Kenny Nagata and, and, uh, you know, if we pulled up uh, Jesse's transitions, uh, they would have to be, you know, in that splits of probably 0.15 on a lot of plates and that kind of thing. So outside of the movement alone, um, you know, the transitions are exceptionally fast. But, yeah, you know, there was a, a, a couple of folks, uh, Caleb, Peterson, Caleb Peterson saw the video, came over, and we, we tried it. And uh, then I then walked him through uh, – um, the way that everybody else, mere mortals, uh, end up shooting it. And, uh, you know, he shot outer limits really well. And congratulations to him. I remember, you know, it wasn't too long ago, we were working on breaking 70. And the next goal was to break 65. And he shot a 64 and some change this weekend over at uh, Carl's match at CMP. So, oh, congratulations. So, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, outer limits is, uh, it's a tricky one. The The key to me, for me, always has been, is get in that second box soft and get on that target as quick as possible and as stable as possible. And so you can shoot those last three shots uh, re- really quick. But I will say from a transition time frame, if you want to kind of, this is kind of what I always uh, think about in my mind, going from box to box. You know, if I'm in the 185 range, I'm shooting 330s, 335s, maybe a 340. And if I get down to 150s, you know, I'm I'm shooting in that uh, low, high high twos, low threes, and that's really where my comfort zone is. And I think Lance is. I think in one of his videos, it may have been a 142 transition. Again, it was tough to see with the flash and battery light, but uh, a 142 that's that's pretty pretty strong to be in the next box to get on target. Uh, pull the trigger on plate number three. So that's pretty, that's pretty darn strong. Well, let's, let's dissect that a little bit. Cause I agree with you 100%. And I think this is where a lot of people, um, I want to add one thing to that. And that is, um, trusting your second shot to get out of the box faster. I think a lot of people, uh, that find themselves, um, let's just say, not able to break the two-second mark uh, in the transition 
are spending too much time getting out of the box, uh, whether they're visually waiting to guarantee they hit the second shot, uh, the second the second play, play two, or whether they're even waiting for the audible cue. Um, you've got to learn how to call your shot, which, you know, for me, I never understood what it was until it was explained to me that calling your shot is uh, knowing that the site was on the plate when you press the trigger. That's what I that that was simply explained to me is is what calling your shot is. Now, let's take that sidebar for a second. Is that what you believe calling your shot is? Yeah, it, it's it's. I, I think as you're pressing the trigger, but I would also say you know it's the visual discipline to keep the dot or the sight on the on the target as you crack the shot right. or as you break break the trigger. Um, because what, what ends up happening with a lot of people with outer limits is that back plate what's at 35 yards and that can be you know the bullet does take you know a split second to get to get down there but i do see a lot of people what i call prairie dog prairie dog and they they're they're so impressed with their ability to hit a plate at 35 yards they break the shot look up and go oh did i hit that oh i hit that let me go to the next box yes (laughs) and that, that could be i mean on outer limits that could be 0.3 0.3 seconds easily easily so uh the, the, what i encourage is just a slight movement when you're going from one to two and as you're breaking that shot on two your momentum is started to shift towards the box and you'll pick up pick up about you know anywhere between 0.15 and 0.3 seconds um, off your transition time but you gotta you gotta what i call follow through on the dot or on the shot is that because if you're shooting it and your and your body's moving a little bit, a lot of people miss that plate at three o'clock. That means you're not following through on your shot. You're just moving the moving the gun with your momentum shift. And now you got to keep your eye on that dot or on the front sight when you're pulling the trigger. And uh, you know it may end up the gun moving slightly left as your body's moving slightly right. So it's uh, it's more of a art than a science, and you got to that's one you got to put reps in to make sure that you can see what that, what that looks like when you're trying to do it at speed. Absolutely. Well, you know, being the nerd that I am, um, I did the math uh, a couple of years ago uh, on from the time that you, the bullet goes off for, the bullet to a, th- a, a bullet traveling a thousand, a, approximately a thousand feet per second. As some people shoot standard velocity, some people shoot mini mag or force or, or contact. So you've got some different velocities, but let's just use an average of about a thousand feet per second. Um, it's going to take a tenth of a second, approximately a tenth of a second for the bullet to get down and hit the plate. And it's going to take a tenth of a second for the sound. Definitely visually speed of light's much faster, but for the sound to come back and hit your ears. And then there's a time to perceive it. So that's, that's where, you know, like you said, calling your shot, knowing that the site was on 
the plate when you press the trigger and then moving, that's going to save a lot of time in the movement. And then absolutely when you get into play and, and people, everybody that's out there shooting outer limits, be honest with yourself. If you're, if the site is not on the plate by the time you're trailing foot, is on the ground you're not in the box smooth enough that's my opinion yeah i agree and if you're having to find the site um and there's a lot of techniques that i've i've used over the years uh front uh to to work on um being able to make the movement smooth and being able to acquire that uh, that third shot target, and we won't even we won't even get into the order of uh, ah the heck with it. Let's get into the order. Um, I know a lot of people will uh, they like to get into the box and they like to shoot the back plate first in the center box, and they say it's a bigger plate, and physically it is a bigger plate. But next time anyone's out at the range and you've, you've got this opportunity, line up the outer plate against either one of the back plates. And you're going to find that visually they're the exact same size. And so shooting the small plate is no harder than shooting the big plate. And you get the advantage of that quick shot to the stop plate if you go four, three stop in the uh, in the center box yeah the other thing i would say along those lines i think that's a great uh a great uh call out is that uh it's one last change of direction absolutely come out yeah to the, to the outside and shoot well see here's the other thing too is that whole time from moving in the box is dead space so, like, if you wanted to put it this way, if you we're going to use a a, a a Superman analogy type of thing. If someone were shooting after their second shot, they let go of the gun. Let's say they're shooting a pistol. They let go of the gun with their left hand. They're a right-handed shooter. Let go of the gun with their left hand. But they got in the box and made the third shot in a crazy 1.25 seconds. Like I said, this is Superman. Um, It's really tough to tell them they're doing something wrong. Right. (laughs) Okay. And so my point here is that it's dead space. You can do anything you want to do with that gun in that dead space. You just, I believe you want to do things that are going to make it the most efficient to be able to make your third shot as effectively as possible and as fast, which means, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, well, I, you know, I see the big plate first and I hundred percent, hundred percent. But in that dead space, you're moving the gun and then, like you say, you're not you're not only saving the reverse transition, but you're also saving that distance between plates uh, three and four. And you're not having to double that. 
on yeah. the clock on the clock when you're shooting because you're you're able to move the gun during the dead space movement. Yep. But yeah, next time, you know, I know you've done it, Steve, but for, for those that haven't, next time you get out there uh, to a range and they're shooting outer limits, kind of move over to the far left or right, bend down to exactly five foot high. Hopefully they've got the plate set up correctly and line those up. And you're going to find that outside of the corners uh, of the big plate, uh, you've visually got almost the exact same size. Which means it's really, it's, it's it's the distance that's the challenge uh to get through your head that it really doesn't matter it's it's visually the same size the other thing though that i wanted to call out um is the great thing that i appreciate about what junior did is he did something different and showed what worked for him Yep, and got got people thinking and talking about what they're doing and how they're doing it. So I I appreciate that, and I think we need to do more of that as a shooting community. Is is how do we uh, how do we get people to to look at things differently, or maybe even look at our own game and and see how uh, how how we're how we're going about things. Yeah, I went out I, there and I, I shot it. I, I walked out with my left foot like, oh, wow, okay. Well, I'm glad I didn't face plant. It was close <laughs> once or twice. <laughs> no, but that, that part's really cool. I, so I, I have to admit, I, I tried it as well. And, uh, See? And, and there you go. My old brain, my old brain, it would, I didn't give it enough chance. I will say that. My old brain, uh, I had to, I had to consciously think, uh, about what I was doing. Um, and it, I would probably need to shoot that a good, I don't know, probably 30, 40 times in a row before, uh, before I could make it, you know, subconscious for me. Um, but I totally I'm, agree. I'm, I, I think I, I'm tired just thinking about that, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, your comment is 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 I agree with and and you're right. Um, and we talked about it uh, a couple of weeks ago in in some of the the past podcasts where getting out of your comfort zone, trying different things, um, you never know until you try. i was I was practicing yesterday and I was doing some pendulum. and you know, I'm classic one, two, three, four stop. And I was shooting right at my PB, maybe a little faster. It's practice, so, you know, there's no pressure. But I decided, well, you know, Steve always used to shoot this 4-3-1-2 stop, so I did some of that. And then I started, well, what if I, I, you know, I like to shoot left or right, so what about 3-4-1-2 stop? Oh, my God, he's drawing on a 10-inch plate when he's got a 12-inch plate out there. You know, it turns out my draw wasn't any different. And when it was on, it was fast. It was what I, uh, what I found on that was it, it wasn't the three, four that I was having, um, the issue with it was that when I was coming over and transitioning to one, it was making it a hard transition and getting used to making that big a transition right to left and stopping on the plate. Yeah. 
But when it was on, it was fast. It was, uh, you know, probably for a string, it was probably 0.2 seconds faster, which was crazy to me. But the consistency factor wasn't there. But the whole point is open your mind up to different things. Now, I'm not telling everybody to go shoot five to go backwards. I am not saying that. <laughs> there are some that can do it, and I applaud them. Uh, but there's a lot of those stages out there that there are different uh, options. You know, again, pendulum, I think, is another one where, you know, if you're if you're confident being able to shoot uh, the small plates, um, the order doesn't matter. Yeah. As long as you're not ping ponging. So. Well, Steve, it's about five minutes to seven. I think you're probably getting close to rolling into the uh, parking lot. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Just a few minutes away. All right. Well, we got one more topic I want to hit on real quick. Um, and it has to do with uh, a good friend called me yesterday, Chris Stewart, uh, Alabama. He was shooting a match. And by the time he was getting to the end of the match, he said his performance just really dwindled off because uh, of his physical fitness. And you know, Chris, Chris is a big guy. Um, and it wasn't necessary. We talked about it and it turned out as, as I, as I listened to him talk, it wasn't necessarily about his completely about his physical fitness, but it was also about the, he was overheating. Uh, he was getting a little tired. Now that does rely on physical fitness, but you know, I don't know what it's like in Georgia, but down here in Florida, we're getting some unprecedented, unprecedented uh, stretches of of heat without any rain. What's it? What's it been like in Georgia? Is it hot? Well, it's uh, it's been hot and humid, but with some rain last night, uh, we went to play uh, tennis with the girls, and uh, we actually got rain on, but. Yeah, it's been it's been super, super duper hot. And, and I think, you know, as I've tried to lose some weight and get in better shape, uh, I've been playing a lot of tennis with wife and kiddos and whatnot. And man, it's uh, this time of year. It's brutal. You have to hydrate. And it's not like the day of you got to you got to hydrate the day before, you know, to, yep. to make sure you got enough uh, liquid in you and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, it's it's you you lose, I mean, my body weight will fluctuate two pounds, you know, before playing tennis and after, and it's just all water weight. So, oh, you, uh, uh you sweat yeah. a lot. So you got to consume that kind of, kind of, right. Food. And, and you, you know, what I found too, for me is on a hot day, you need to maintain your fluids and keep drinking, even if you're not thirsty or hot. Because if you're like, there's been hot days when I've been out there and I'm like, you know, as as the match director at the WAC and, you know, forgetting to keep drinking water and yeah, making it through three quarters of the match. And then you hit that wall because you haven't maintained it. Your body's still sweating it all out and you're not replacing any of it. Um, and I find the same thing, too, with. uh with my food intake, you know, and it's not like I'm going to pass out because I, I haven't eaten in the last three hours, but, um, you know, my match can take four, four and a half hours, you know, based on the number of stages, based on the number of people on each squad. 
And, you know, if you're somebody that likes to, you know, have breakfast beforehand and then you're out there and you're doing the physical uh, activity, uh, you know, I always have some sort of little backup snack in my bag, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, peanuts or crackers or something to just, uh, you know, not only have a little quick energy, but, you know, get a little something in the body, um, to help keep, uh, you know, managing, uh, the heat. So I just want everybody to just stay hydrated and stay safe. We don't want anybody falling out in the matches out there. That's a great tip, Jeff, for sure. Well, Steve, that's all I got. I think this was another good one. Uh, I need to go take my morning shower since I was so rudely woken up this morning. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) If Steve hadn't called me, we wouldn't have been doing this podcast. So thank you for that, Steve. (laughs) You're welcome, Jeff. Anything else I can do for you, let me know. (laughs) No, actually, there is one more thing you can do for me. Give them that uh, discount code. Yeah, go to rangestore.net and use ST Podcast 10 for 10% off. All right. Steve, have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care, Jeff. We'll see you. Bye bye.